Alex, we are back. Hi, Adam. Hey, Alex. How are you? It's been a long weekend. It, it has it for you. What's been up? Well, for me, I, well, I was at the hot. I was at the hospital yesterday because I thought oh, my pen. Yeah. I thought I had something wrong with my appendix, but right now I'm okay. So that's why we're recording late at night. Mm, it's been a mess. We almost didn't have an episode today. Uh, we it, 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 we don't know if Daniel will be on today. He may. He may not. We have no clue. Um, he was supposed but- to come on, but then. I didn't know if I was gonna be okay to record this morning, so yeah. Uh, I might not so, yell. I might not yell as much today. Just that's fine. Recover. So the hockey culture talk will be delayed unless Again. Daniel comes on. Then we'll probably talk about it. But Alex, today hopefully we're doing a bit of experiment because we're normally when we do Skype stuff we just kind of do the call. But today we're doing it via video, and hopefully I won't interrupt you six times because I can actually see you this time. But uh, anyway, you know how we start the show, Alex. It's the power hour. It's the power hour. Wow, still working on the sponsor. But anyway, uh, the Detroit, not Detroit, what am I thinking of? Screw Detroit. Uh, the, 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 I, I almost said Carolina. What am I doing here? Uh, the Vancouver Canucks have had a bit of a rough little stretch lately. And that all started off with Thatcher Demko uh, now out with a concussion. That was probably a big thing where Vancouver was kind of that tandem he had going with Jacob Markstrom. But now... Demko's out for a bit now. Yeah, that's going to be that. That's a hit to the team. Not because uh, Michael Del Pietro isn't a good goalie. We know in the OHL he's had some decent numbers. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure what his uh, AHL numbers is, but I'm gonna pull them up right now. Um, but that's a huge blow to Vancouver, just because that was kind of their tandem, and it seemed like it was a huge part. For their season, Demko was seven four and one in twelve games, nine oh six save percentage, and a three goals against average. I mean, not the best numbers in the world, but a sufficient. I would consider a sufficient backup goalie. And it uh, felt like he was definitely heating up a bit. There were some games yeah. where I saw his numbers up above, well above league average. And yeah, for sure. And going back to DiPietro, he's played fourteen games in the AHL with a 9.10 save percentage and a 2.56 goals against average, which I would consider pretty good for technically a first-year pro. Mm -hmm. Last year, right? He played one game last year where he got shelled with seven goals. I don't remember who he played against, but considering he's 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 20, not bad numbers. No, not at all. Of course, he was also uh, Canada's uh, goaltender, I believe it was last World Juniors, where uh, in Vancouver, he was phenomenal there. Uh, but too bad the only thing we remember about that team is how Max Comtois got bullied by half the country. <laughs> but, uh, rough for the Canucks, but hey, um, we have another 20-year-old goalie in the league that was playing pretty well, so maybe Di Pietro can follow in his footsteps. But Alex, I have to talk to you that the Detroit Red Wings have won back-to-back hockey games. They beat a good uh, Winnipeg Jets team, and they beat the Montreal Canadiens last night. Detroit, is it time to turn the season around? I'm assuming we're going to talk about the game from last night uh, later on in the show. Yeah, great. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Some You, you yeah. win some and you lose some, you know? Too bad that this is the second time they've lost to Detroit, have the Montreal Canadiens this season, including their home opener. Of course, I am joking. Detroit's season is is over. They're nine twenty two and three. 
They went on a 12-game losing streak. 12 games. Winless, because the NHL is dumb. Okay, I don't care. 12-game losing streak. That's I'm still call I'm calling it what it is. Mm-hmm. But good for them. They won. Listen, man. Uh, Steve Weiserman knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, he's a god. He's he uh, knows. He knows. Normally, we joke that the taking team's gonna lose the draft lottery, but knowing Weiserman, no, he'd win. He's gonna win it. Somehow he'll get second overall too. Because why not? Stop it. And we get Stop third it. too. Lucas Raymond, Quentin Byfield, Alex Isloff, Frenier are all going to be there. Alex, God. if I asked you which team, I think you'd either say this team or the Coyotes, right? But excluding them last year, if I told you that there is a, a massive injury on a team, which team am I talking about? Probably, since we're not saying the Coyotes, probably the Penguins. I don't think the Penguins know what it is like to be healthy, right? Right now, Sidney Crosby, Patrick Hornquist, Nick Bukestad, and Brian Dumoulin are all on the injury reserve. Crosby, again, he has he's recovering from his sports hernia surgery, but let's not forget the rumor about how he, back in the day, went out of Pittsburgh because he didn't trust the, um, the medical staff there. Brian Dumoulin, I believe, also had a really bad injury last year. I think it was his knee. The Tang has an annual trip on the LTIR. Alex Galchenyuk was hurt earlier this year. Brian Russ spent some time on the IR. I mean, honestly, what is going on? What is in the water with that medical staff? I, I have no idea. And they I don't necessarily know if they if they have addressed it. Just I'm, I haven't looked into the <laughs> – I haven't looked into the Penguins medical staff and whether it's changed or not. But it seems like it's a consistent thing, and and I don't think you can say their age is an excuse. Now they could just be purely unlucky. You know, you win two, you win two cups in a row. Injuries are going to hit you eventually. But it seems like time and time again they just keep getting hit with the injury bug. Mm-hmm. They're a, they're a weird team, are the Pittsburgh Penguins? We know what we did talk about last episode that I'm bringing up right now. Uh, we speculated that there could be a trade between them and the Buffalo Sabres. And Elliot Friedman, what does he mention? Oh, yeah, there's a rumor that the Pens and the Sabres are in business right now. One of the teams interested in Alex Galchad. We are so good. We we called it here first. I'm just saying. We're on Buffalo. Since we're on Buffalo, we got two things. uh, Two things here. Number one, uh, Zach Bogosian has requested a trade. A oh, right-handed. What? Oh, go. Which... No. Have you never seen that Instagram uh, Instagram page? <laughs> I th- I th- don't think so. Oh, it's this guy, and he's like, his his Instagram his Instagram is called Bogo for Norris, and he has stuff like he compares players like like Carey Price versus Zach Bogosian. Bogosian <laughs> never allowed a goal. Price this Price fell fifth overall. Bogosian third overall. It's just. He completely compares how Bogosian is somehow better than other teams. It's the That's funniest funny. account in the league. But yeah, he requested trade. He I believe he has one more year in the deal, right? This is his last year, and he's a, ca- a weird cap hit, but I'm just going to put it to 5.1 million. Ugh. Now, we talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? Uh, what, do, what do we always talk about is something they need? Defense. Mm-hmm. We always say the Pittsburgh Penguins need defense because it is depleted. 
they lost Dumlin. I know they they didn't have Latang for a short time. They could really use another defender. And guess who's on the trade block? Alex Galchenyuk. Sorry, and- just be- before you go on, I want to read you something from the Bogo Norris page. I'm sorry, you you need to see this, Alex. So I want you to listen to these stats. Zach Bogosian drafted third overall. Brett Burns <laughs> drafted 20th overall by the most irrelevant team ever. That, of course, is the Minnesota Wild. Bogosian doesn't appear in the Star Wars movies because he's too good for that. Brett Burns is in all the Star Wars movie movies because he's a nerd. By the way, the picture Zach Bogosian has of Brett Burns is, of course, Chewbacca. Next, <laughs> has never changed his position because he's too good at defense. <laughs> Brett Burns used to be a forward but sucked at it, so he moved to defense. Zach Bogosian was a point-per-game in the OHL as a defenseman. Brett Burns wasn't even close to point-per-game in the OHL as a forward. Jeez. Sorry, go on. I just I wanted you to get a sense of how funny uh, Bogo for Norris of, a, of an account that is. But yeah, Zach Bogosian. Is it a good uh, hockey Alex follow? Gilchenyuk. Oh, it's he's a, a great hockey follow. He's yeah. fantastic. But yeah, no, it's Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, so I look at I look at their defense and right they're they're already missing they're already missing Dumlin right now. I I mean I'm looking at the the uh, injuries for Pittsburgh. They're I would argue. <laughs> Their forward core is just not fun right now, but that's not what we're talking about. It seems like they could use Alex Galchenyuk, but apparently not. The first pair in in Pittsburgh, according to Daily Faceoff, is Chris Letang and John Marino. Who? John Marino. Now, apparently, that's... he's been quite good lately. Who the this hell is... is that? Honestly, I'm not too sure. John Marino, okay. Now, a play. I think even their second pair, Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz, and their third pair, Marcus Pedersen and Chad Ruedel. I sorry if I said his name wrong, but I think even once Brian Dumoulin comes back, I would argue that an addition like Zach Bogosian would be something that this team could use especially going into going into the playoffs because it's going to be what it's going to be Dumlin, Latang, J- uh, Johnson, Schultz, Pedersen and who? Marino. And, and Marino. It's it's not something I would consider going in the long term. I think putting Bogosian on that third pair looks pretty good for the penguins and this trade also were if the trade went down would look it would be perfect for a team like the sabers who are looking for secondary scoring now they just sent down casey middlestat to the uh ahl I think they are. It's the Rochester Americans. Mm-hmm. It really was not from what I've read on Casey Mailsat in Buffalo this year. He just it didn't seem like he was ready for the role that they were giving him, and then it just didn't seem like it was working out at the moment. Now it doesn't seem like their team, uh, the team, is giving up on him. I think he just needs to either gain his confidence back uh, in the AHL. And they can bring him up later this year, or let him uh, let him develop for another year in 
uh, Rochester. So bringing in Alex Galchenyuk, who only has one year, one year left on his deal. He's going to be an RFA at the end of the year. They could possibly trade him again uh, for his rights. Mm-hmm. Right? So it just seems like a it seems like a win-win for both these teams. And also, you never know. Buffalo could start excuse me if you hear howling. My Rottweiler is howling for some reason. Um, but yeah, again, I know every team seems to try this with him, but would it be a stretch if they tried to play Galchenyuk center? And even if it doesn't work, you just throw him on the wing? I don't think that. So the thing is, they just need an a, some type of addition on that second line. And it could be a very good second line where you have Skinner, Johansson, and, and Galchenyuk. But right now they have Johansson as center. They could try to play... They could tr- possibly try to play Galchenyuk at center, but from I I just heard so many things about Galchenyuk playing center. That oh yeah, are not good. Like he it doesn't. Do see- it. it seems like he's just not a center, or I don't know if he ever was a center in, in Montreal. Uh, I'm not sure, but I in for sure in Arizona and Pittsburgh, it never seemed like he was the center that they were looking for. Was was it any different in Montreal? Oh well, the difference in Montreal is it's they they had the chance to develop because don't forget they drafted the kid, right? And he was playing right away, but they just never. Whenever he eventually did get the chance, he never really could hold on to it. At the same, because the Habs done a better job, yes, but then once he gets straight into the Coyotes and all the Penguins, don't forget Alex Galchenyuk is still. I believe twenty five years old. He just couldn't get it together. So no, he's not a centerman, but I mean. They could try it. They don't play. No sense playing defense if you always have the buck. <laughs> okay. I, I find now, it really weird. Sorry to interrupt, but how the hell do the Penguins not find a space for him on their on those twelve forwards? I don't get that because no matter what you say about Gatchano, he's a forty to fifty point player, and you don't just find those guys in the street. I just don't think he fits with them. No, I don't know if it's skill or if it whatever it is. It just doesn't seem like it's working out with that team. Mm. I think that's what it's coming down to. It's not a matter of him not being a skillful player, right? I think we know he he's a skill skilled player. It's just not working out in Arizona, and he just needs a team where he can. They, he's a right at the end of the day. You know what he's like. He's like Anthony Duclair, and I mean this in in I don't mean this in a bad way. I mean this in he just needs to start up again. You look at Anthony Duclair this year; he already has eighteen goals, got a hat trick last night against Columbus, ah. and it seems like he's just been on it on a tear. I think he has twelve goals in his last fourteen games. So he just needs to go to a team where he could excel. And I think we kind of missed missed on that last week. I think we talked about it last week. Where could you potentially see him going to Ottawa or Detroit? I mean, we haven't really heard anything about Detroit. Uh, I know Friedman kind of shot down the Ottawa rumors, but it seems like that's a place where he could potentially go. Because how old is he? He's only what 
25? 20, 25 or 23. I think 25, though. Yeah. He's 25 years old. enough to be an old. RFA. Yeah, he's 25, and it's not, it's not like he's going – it's not like he should – his skills should be going down. I just don't think it's working for him in – in Pittsburgh, and it just, could, uh, sorry, I'll just uh, go go on, go on. I just wanted to it, say to finish with Chucky. I think it could be a it could potentially be a better fit in Buffalo, Ottawa, or Detroit, possibly. If you want to get a really good sense of Alex Galchenyuk and um, maybe make you know iron out some some misconceptions. There's a really good article from uh, Eric Angles on Sportsnet that talks about, you know, they talked to Rick Tonkin about when he was with Arizona. They talked to Mike Sullivan now about, you know, it's never been Alex Galchenyuk's work ethic. He has all the skills in the world. It's just um, can't put it together. And he's exactly like you said with uh, Anthony Duclair. But back to Buffalo for a second, Alex. I'm going to read you a stat line quickly. And no, it is uh, not Pat Verbeek. Uh, this guy, this guy, Good player. Former second overall pick. He was a consolation prize to the Buffalo Sabres. On a historic point streak, and I believe it was 15 games. I could be wrong there. He has 48 points in 34 games played, including 23 goals, 25 assists, by the way. This guy's career high in goals is 28 from last year, and now already at 23 and only 34 games played. Who am I talking about? Jack Eichel. Jack Hartle. Because he's that was terrible. Because I think right now, Alex, we're we're not that far from the halfway point of the season. But I think right now, my halfway point through the season, I think I might have to give the Hart Trophy to Jack Eichel. And by the way, the Buffalo Sabers are doing it second in the division. I was right about them. Suck it, Alex. Okay. So he's yes, he's on a fifteen-game point streak, right? That's wicked. It's it's wicked. Here's why he's not going to win the heart. I'll give you two names. Okay. Number number one, Connor McDavid. Okay. Number two, Nathan McKinnon. I have a rebuttal to that. Tell me. You forget that 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 pro hockey writers hate the fact that you're not allowed to. Sorry, they have a mindset that you miss the playoffs, you don't get it. And I'm sure we might talk about this a little later. Uh, but the Oilers have not been good. And I'm just sitting in there laughing. By the um, way, uh, let's, uh, how about, Alex, this is a quick thing. How about we replace that Taylor Hall segment with uh, us trashing the oil? Okay, eh? okay, okay. You know what? You got me. You got me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, but Jack Eichel is willing, dying, sweating, crying his way to get those Buffalo Sabres into the playoffs right now. Okay. Now, tell me why Nathan McKinnon, fine. Connor, listen, I don't think, I still don't think Edmonton's going to make the playoffs, but. Colorado, they for sure they're a playoff team. What does it take Nathan McKinnon to win the heart? Oh, uh, so oh, that's tough because I mean you're, you're right. He does have a solid claim, rather. You could say arguably, if you had to pick four people, I know it's normally a finalist of three, but it's Connor, Leon. McKinnon and probably Jack Eichel, right? Darcy Kemper gets a shout out too. There's five, right? Alex is smiling right now. Um, honestly, he just has to keep going how he's going because we saw a stretch where the Colorado Avalanche had a bunch of injuries. They still do, actually. Right. And how good he was. So honestly, they may just have to keep going and he's a finalist for sure. 
if the season keeps going the way it is, we're going to have a lot of great players for that heart conversation. And of course, pretty soon we will do our halfway through the season little projections here. But I, I don't know, man. But I'm just I'm looking I'm looking at Leon and Connor. Those guys are on, on like Lemieux, Gretzky, Yager type seasons right now. If they get less than 130 points, that's a disappointment to me. You look at Colorado and how that team is, and I'm not just saying the team in front of them because look at Nathan McKinnon. He's I've argued he's the best player in the world. And then I look at Buffalo and I see what Jack Eichel is doing there is just on another level. And I think this is finally the year Jack Eichel says to everyone, hey, remember me, I'm a big goddamn deal. Question: If the Buffalo Sabers don't make the playoffs, does that does that hope just go down the drain? Yes, because the Pro Hockey Writers Association are dumb. Oh, they oh. are. Oh, they don't make oh. the playoffs. Oh well, guess what? What state? Like, let me tell you this. Okay, so Connor doesn't deserve the heart to those guys because the team didn't make the playoffs. Well, let me ask you this: What is Connor McDavid? Sorry, what is the Edmonton Oilers without Connor McDavid? You How know, you so you know what you know. You know what the thing is, though. I I see what you're saying. Connor, <laughs> the Oilers without Connor McDavid are worse, but the <laughs> Oilers didn't even make the playoffs. And 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 I get it. It's a, it's really, I. It's an argument on itself is the heart. It's yeah, like it's just ridiculous. It's it's honestly just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I get it. I think last year I thought it was Connor McDavid all the way. Who won I, it last year? Oh, it was Kucherov. Sorry. It was, come on. 120, <laughs> 120 whatever points. That's got, that's got to win you. Yeah. But, yeah, just, I, we, I just wanted to say, Jack Eichel, congratulations, right? Like, just on oh, the season you're having so far, it's really, really nice to see that guy do well. It is. I mean, he's kind of been in the shadow of Connor McDavid ever since he got drafted. Before he was drafted. Oh, it started before he was drafted. And it's just, it's just, I think it's been getting worse and worse and worse, considering that it doesn't seem like he's been matching that level. Because it was such, it was such a weird draft because I think any other draft, he goes first overall. For sure. And he, in the last, okay, it's his fifth season, he's never put up points comparable to McDavid. Can I read you some of the names from that first overall draft, from that draft, sorry? Yeah. And you tell me. So Connor McDavid slam dunk first overall, right? Jack Eichel, right? Dylan Strome, who I don't know how he's doing this year, but still. Mitch Marner. Yeah, probably number. If, let's take out Connor for a second. Who would you rather have, Jack Eichel or Mitch Marner? Jack Eichel because he's a center. And you are a, you are a Leafs fan saying that. Uh, Noah Hannafin, who Noah Hannafin has been a solid top four defenseman since he was drafted, but I don't think will ever be anything more. Yeah. So you're not taking him. Zach Wierenski and Ivan Provorov are probably there too, but you still take Jack Eichel, I'd say. Timo Meyer too. Miko Rantanen probably takes number two, maybe, but he's top five. Gee, this is a really good draft. But then you have Lawson Kraus, no way. Dennis Gorionov, no way. Jacob Saboyle, Debrus, Sanishin. I forgot this is the, ah, this is the Bruins draft where they messed up. Carter, Shabbat, Barzell, 
you look at the names in this draft, again, he's matched the call, Brock Besser, um, Travis Konechny. It's, it's really, really good to see a draft with so many good players and Jack Eichel is finally having a breakout season. Yeah, you brought up uh, Dylan Strom. He has, this year he has 22 points in 29 games with seven goals. Okay, that's that's good. Also, Alex DeBrincat has not been Alex DeBrincat, did you see this year? He's uh, he's not on pace to have another wicked 40-goal year, I'll tell you that. Really? I yeah, haven't I, even looked. I'll quickly get it up, but I looked he, at it. He has it. 24 points. Mm-hmm. How many goals? Like eight? Does he eight. even have ten? Yeah. No, he has eight. Exactly. I don't know if him and Strom are still playing together, but anyway. Um, I just want to say, Alex, of course. Well, that might on. have that might have something to do with the the call, uh, yeah. Chicago Blackhawks being dead last. Or not dead last, sorry, second last in the uh, Western Conference. I'm currently looking at their lines and... Uh, Cat is, well, Dylan Strome is, is heading the first line of Alex Nylander and Patrick Kane. Taves is centering Brandon Saad, and Dominic Kubalik. Third line, Kirby Doc, Alex Cat, Ryan Carpenter. Kirby Doc has had a good <coughs> year. But, uh, yeah, they're, uh, I don't care about Chicago, do you? No. I've stopped caring about them so long ago, but, um, Alex, just a couple, you know, I, I want to start off with a bit, uh, you know, a bit of a better story. Uh, Niagara Ice Dogs goaltender Tucker Timon. There was a bit of a collision in one of their games the other day. Loses a lot of blood, but shout out to all the medical staff involved. Not, not only for Niagara, but you know, on both sides of the ice, including the paramedics around. Um, the arena was like five minutes away from St. Catherine's Hospital, so he's okay now. He's um, now it, it's. It's recovery from now on, from here. Niagara, that game will be postponed. Their next few games from the weekend were actually postponed as well. So um, he's okay now. He got treatment, but just a shout-out and our best wishes to Tucker Tynan. As well, of course, Alex, I said this a lot in November, as it was Hockey Fights Cancer. But, of course, we all know that Detroit, sorry, Philadelphia Flyer, Oscar Lindbaum has been diagnosed with certain type of cancer. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not. It's a rare bone cancer. I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I'm not. I don't want to mess it up. But it's like a sarcoma. I think it's called like sarcoma disease or some sort of thing like that. It's the same one that Logan Pyatt had and got over. So the Detroit, uh, sorry, the Philadelphia Flyers had his jersey hanging up, of course, in their room. Um, all the players around the league have been coming to this guy, you know, saying stuff like, like John Klingberg, even on his Instagram story, put cancer. I know, please time slap that, Alex. I know Alex, J- sorry, Jacob De La Rose did the same thing. So, uh, also, best wishes to Oscar Lindbaum. It's really nice to see that all of the players around the league are coming to this guy and giving him support. I saw a petition today to get Oscar Lindbaum as the captain of the Metro. Uh, at the All-Star game. So make sure you go vote for Oscar Limbaugh as a Metro captain for the All-Star game. That's really nice. Yeah. It's the little things in the sport, Alex, and um, that's just that's just one of them, isn't it? Is uh, when stuff like... It's been a really, really rough month and a bit for hockey, and it, it's just really nice to see everyone coming together for something like this. I have a set <clears> of <throat> tweets up here that I thought really 
really hit me hard. This is from Brooke Destra. She has a quick little story on Oscar Limbaum and his character. So this is the story from this girl. Quote, last season I was talking to a security guard when Lindbaum approached and needed to ask him a question. He apologized for cutting me off, to which I replied, no worries, I'm just an intern. And he looked at me and said, never say you're just an intern, you're here for a reason, don't forget that. And that stuck with me ever since, end quote. So if you want to get a sense of how good of a person this guy is, that story says it all. And of course, yeah, all of what John Klingberg said, Jacob De La Rose, just uh, awesome to see everyone go out. Of course, Alex, yeah, there's Jacob De La Rose, what he said. Again, I'll say it one more time, just cancer and our best wishes to Oscar Limbaugh. Anything to say, Alex, on that front? No, you said it all, man. Yeah. Uh, So let's go on to something a bit more, I guess... uh, Happy? Um, I hate Drew Doughty. <sighs> Do, so I don't he was it. he uh, was talking about. Then Alex, I'll just give my little sense on this. Drew Doughty. Do okay, <laughs> go ahead. No, go for it. Go first. It's fine. So Drew Doughty, after he was doing a bit of so the Kings. I don't even care if they won or lost. Uh, so LA Kings. This is a win over the Ducks. Now, for those of you who don't know. Not that long ago, the Ducks versus the Kings was a much-watched game. It was when they were both a good, they were both good teams. To give you a sense of how long ago this was, and there was always there was there was great saves, lots of goals, physical play, and so there's this interview with Drew Doughty, and he talks about how quote I think the headlights for me is McDermott chucking them with Nick Delore. It was a great great fight end quote. Doughty told LA Kings live reporter Carolyn Bathe during a post-game interview. Quote, got us really pumped up and we were able to get the win, end quote. By the way, quickly, if fighting such a big thing, Drew, no wonder you guys are so high in the standings. Now, what really, really made the headlines here was this little part here, quote, we need fighting in the game. It can't make its way out of the league, Judy told Babe. We need fighting. I know people don't like it, some of you, but then you're just going to have all these meatheads running around, little guys being rats out there, and that's just the way it's going to go. Let's just, let's just quickly end quote for a second. Ignore Brendan Gallagher and Brad Marchand. Do that anyway. Claude, um, Claude Marie, uh, so not Claude Marie, Brendan Lemieux as well. Continuing this quote. So we need fighting. People need to be able to protect their teammates and themselves. What's player safety for, Alex? I don't know. Uh, he continued, when it's safe like that and know. no one gets hurt, Sorry, if it's safe like that and no one gets hurt, that's the best. Yes, people fighting and punching each other, Drew. So I just... Ah, I, oh, I, I just... Me and you talk about it. We don't like fighting anymore. Listen, when it happens in the game, do I lose my mind? Yes. But at the end of the time, I, that's not why I watch the game of hockey, all right? I, I just... I, he's just so... It doesn't... His opinion does not matter. Oh, we need fighting. It's a part of the game. Protect your teammates. Well, no, maybe when your teammates get going, like, if they get hit cleanly, like, oh, dude, that's part of the game. If it's a bad hit, then let player safety run. It's just, it adds to so many things wrong with the league. I can go after player safety, or I can say, Drew, you're wrong because you have pests like Marshan, and that, oh, go fight Dino Chara, dude. Like, is that what you're going to try and tell me now? Brendan Gallagher, do I need to talk about how much of a pest he is? He's just wrong on so many levels here. And I'm starting to like Drew Downey less and less. And is this his goal? Probably, but it's just 
I hate that I want to get this guy attention, but hey, I just I, we have to talk about it. He just needs the attention. That's that's what the thing is. I think he's that's just trying to stay he's, relevant. He's just trying to stay relevant. You know what I have a problem with this with this is is and and I'm not I'm gonna get to my famous my my famous quote, I think it is, in a little bit. But why is it that in another f- contact-heavy league in the National Football League, when you get into a fight, man, you are suspended. Why is it in the NBA, you get into a fight, you're suspended. When you get into a fight in the MLB, you're suspended. When you're in, when you get into a fight in any soccer league, any soccer league in the world, you get into a you get a suspension, and it just seems to be the NHL. It just seems to be the NHL because even in a couple, and I don't remember off the top of my head which one it is, and I'll I'll have it for sure when we talk about hockey culture because this is a major thing I want to talk about. In other European leagues, if you get into a fight, you're suspended. I don't understand why it's the NHL that ha- wants to be different. Or is it just another case of they're always going to be the last ones to change? I, I don't know what this is the- what this is a case of. Because I think it's ridiculous that we still have fighting in the in the National Hockey League. Adam, it's science. Science. It's science. We need a t-shirt. It's science. (laughs) It's honestly science. And it's not like anyone in the NHL is admitting to to how bad fighting is. They're just keeping it pushed away. Mm -hmm. Silent. And and one person, this is the last thing, but one person who's really good at talking about it is Dan Carcillo. And I highly Mm -hmm. recommend you go read anything he's involved in. Go listen to anything he's involved in, involved in, because he can explain it ten times better than I than I could right now. It, it's bad, it's bad. That's all I'm gonna say. That's it. Mm. I'm done. Oh, oh, crap, 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 crap. Did you hear that? No. Okay, thank God. I just saw Spit and Chicklets tweet out there was a goalie fight. And I went to full screen it to see if, because it was an empty arena, so I thought it was like the Panthers. But no, so uh, sorry about that. It just destroyed my ears. I was going to try and find a Dan Carcillo because I saw he was on something today. Oh, um, I don't know if you want to talk about this later, but I'm just seeing it now. Uh, Rasmus Sandin will be loaned to Team Sweden I, for the World yeah, Juniors. It's already in the notes. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> ooh, we'll talk about that a little later. I'm very excited to talk about that. Um... But, yeah, I, I can't find the Carcillo stuff. But, oh, by the way, uh, the, the Winnipeg Jets are murdering. I know, Absolutely 6-2. taking apart the Flyers. You'd love to see it. Patrick Line is pretty good. So, Alex, the last thing we had here was um, that the Bruins and the Sharks were on massive losing streaks. They were five Not and anymore. five teams, respectively. They snapped it last, last night. I think both of them did. So... We talked about Pete DeBoer and that. Of course, Bob Bugner not taking over. We'll see. That's a developing story. We'll see how it goes. And I don't think either of us are really that scared for the Bruins. No? I'm not scared for the Bruins. I think they're running away with the Atlantic division. Uh, I And I know, listen, I know Tampa Bay has three games in hand on them. 
but they're 13 points ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it doesn't look like the Bruins are necessarily slowing down. Let's just put this into perspective. The Bruins losing five straight games are still nine points ahead of the Sabres, who are second behind them in the Atlantic Division. Now, I am worried about the San Jose Sharks. That is one team I worry about. And they're 16, 17, and 2, 35 games into the season. I don't want to say it right now, but the playoffs could be a little far away for them. And that would be bad because they don't have their first round pick. Mm. The Ottawa Senators have San Jose's first round pick. That is not good. No. Now, now they're in the Pacific Division, which right now they are six points out of a divisional spot, and they are they're they're <laughs> oh, they're five points out of a wild card spot. I in the Pacific, man. I don't know if the Oilers are falling apart like it looks like they are. Listen, you know I, me, I'm biased. <laughs> I love Eric Carlson. Man, and I know you, I think we talked about it last week, saying, oh, who would be the finalist for the Norris? And you put Eric Carlson in there. I don't know. And I know... Weber, he, he have a better claim. He honestly might. And that's... I, ta- I, I, that, I'm not joking, man. Have you seen the projections for Weber's season so far? I've heard... I've heard how good he is. I just haven't been able to watch much of him. Don't worry. Don't worry. Sorry. But, go, go, go on. Yeah. Just wanted to say. But, yeah, yeah it's looking it, – I'm not – so out of the two streaks, obviously, there's no way I'm worried about uh, Boston, but it's the San Jose Sharks I'm worried about. And I, and I don't want to put it entirely on this because we know that their goal – their their goalies have always been bad, but their goalies were bad last year, and they're missing Joe Pavelski. Yeah, I think I think it's time that I'm going to admit I was wrong about how important he was, and maybe it was – I never thought I'd say this in my life, but choosing to re-sign Eric Carlson over Joe Pavelski might have been the worst move for that team to make. I don't think they thought it was going to get this bad this soon. No. We we all knew when those when the Vlasic, when the Burns, and when the Carlson extensions were signed, no way they were going to be anywhere close to value halfway into that deal. No. Nowhere close. And I think, listen, they all three of those players can completely turn their seasons around. For, last time I checked, it seemed like it seemed like Vlasic was just an absolute. A ghost of himself. At least Carlson's putting up points, but Vlasic all year has not been good. It's just not looking good for that team. No, no, not at all. Uh, but we will and, keep her. Sorry, go on. No, I just I think Bob having a new coach in there, just looking at what it's done to the other teams in the league, and how positive a change it's been. And listen. I'm not saying Pete DeBoer is a bad coach. I'm not, and and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's hired some point this season. But it seems like it's something they that 
needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Pete DeBoer, where is he going next? DeBoer? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of interims right now. Did you know that Nezradeed only got his first win as a devil last night? Are you surprised? Uh, I was. I, I No, it's the Devils. There's a lot of interim, so there's a lot of possibility, Alex, but uh, we'll, we'll keep her eye on them. I've, her, I've heard this be... I, I heard this rumor after I was thinking about it, but could you see him going to a team like Dallas? Oh, I'll give a... I forget his name, the new coach there. There's, there's so many new coaches. Uh, Rick I'll give him a chance. Yeah, I know, give Rick Bonus a chance. I he know. was like, what, 15 years between points? So give him a, give him a chance here. I know, give but I think, I think that's a team he might want to look at. Congratulations, Alex. I just want to say the, the Winnipeg Jets have scored four goals in the span of five minutes or less for the fourth time in franchise history and third since the club relocated from Atlanta. Oh, good, good. I love hearing good. about it. I love hearing about Atlanta. Yeah. Now, before we get to the next part, can, yeah. we, just sh- can we just shout out ourselves? Because we are at episode 30. Oh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I completely, yeah. I just noticed. Yeah. Uh, I Not thought we long- should just shout out ourselves. So. Yeah. Good shout out to ourselves. We're, uh, we haven't given <laughs> up yet. Oh, uh, man, how about we, we close out the power hour? Last night was one of my favorite headline segments in a while we we got some snippets of course and the biggest was we all thought it was colorado was leading the charge when it came to taylor hall but now it sounds like there's about five or six teams interested and of course colorado is definitely still in there or this was not said by anyone the headlines but i would be surprised st louis are still there and i uh, they didn't reveal any other teams or i've missed it but one I of think the other I heard teams, Florida Florida called. Florida, yes, Florida. And, of course, the team that was – we talked about it a bit. I don't think either of us believed it. But now is the front runner is – are, sorry, the Arizona Coyotes. And the big part, their two biggest prospects in Barrett Hayden, who they have now lent to Team Canada, and Victor Sodestrup. Neither Wait. of their big two prospects are involved in this – the initial deal that the Yotes have sent the Devils way for Taylor Hall. Yeah, that is that's that's smart. That's smart. You know what uh, it reminds me of? Tell me. Do, do you remember when the Sens traded Carlson and we all thought, okay, Merkley, Meyer, or Hurdle are gonna go the other way, and neither of them went? That's what this is making me think of. But you know, and I know they're their biggest prospects. But I think what the Coyotes can offer wouldn't be would be still pretty good. Uh, I'm just looking at where what they could offer now. It says that the two teams are apparently haggling about Kevin Ball, who is. <laughs> I've never I've never heard of before this and they it was the Coyotes second round pick in the 2018 uh draft. Mhm. Now, defense- yeah, he's a defenseman. Now apparently this is this is I think the two most interesting facts about this at the moment. Um 
so the right now the devils are attempting to leverage the coyotes trade package into better offers from other teams yeah good luck now, now uh last night in the ahl two of florida's better prospects were were scratched for i get precautionary reasons and I and can't. Who, I know one was Henrik Borg. I believe Borgstrom, Borgstrom. and was, and I don't remember the other one. Alexi oh, what's Oh, Alexi Hipponiemi. I, I maybe. I have yeah, to go I, check. Uh, the former second overall pick in Finland when they won the World Juniors. I'm gonna double check right now, but I remember his name because how do you forget a name like Alexi Hipponiemi? Oh my and, god! I thought you and, were gonna say um. I thought you were going to say Owen oh, Tippett. I was gonna, about to lose. No, Sorry. no, no. And if the I other thing. Love him. Best name the, in hockey. The other thing is that apparently the team hasn't given anyone permission to talk extension with Taylor Hall. It is Hipponyemi, by the way. Which is, I well, I, I thought I didn't make much of that because no matter what, I'm pretty sure he's going to go. To but free agency? if he if he let's say he wants to be in one of these cities, why would you not try let them talk? You know you could get more for more for him if if he signs an extension with that team. Um, the the Devils man. You for sure know you can get more for him right now. Okay, you start. You it seems like it's coming down to a. Uh, prospect an nhl roster player and a first round pick if you can get him to sign an extension you you can probably add another pick to that deal Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you let them do that um i I don't know i don't understand because they're silly i don't understand no, um, I guess that's really it when it comes to what's you know pop quiz. We weren't gonna have a pop quiz, but because we don't have hockey culture to talk about, Alex, you look so thrilled. Well, oh, Alex, yeah. we're not gonna do a Star Wars one, but honestly, I think today we're what? gonna have a different sort of quiz, Alex. So, Alex, you need five points to win this quiz. Questions one through four are one point. The fifth question is five points. So what's really, the- you just need to get the first. What's the topic? Uh, the fifth question will be a mystery box. The first four will be hockey. Oh, good. I'm going to Question myself. number one, Alex. Name me three 50-goal scorers in the past 15 NHL seasons. Leon Dreisaitl. Good. Alex Ovechkin. Never heard of him, but sure. Why is another name not? I don't remember if Jeff Skinner got to fifty goals. Uh, is it? Did Jeff Skinner hit fifty goals? No, you were wrong. I would have accepted Stephen Stamkos or Evgeny Malkin. Stephen Stamkos. That's too late. I've already said it. You failed. Question number one. Question number two. Wait, can I get two thirds of one point? Sure. Okay. So you have, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. You have 1.3 points. Congratulations. All right. Question, oh, no, no, sorry. You have you have 0.3 points. No. 0.6. Point point six. Six? All right, 0.6 points. Question number two, Alex. 
who is the only player in NHL history to score a goal five different ways? Or five goals five different ways? He's also a baby of an owner who complains when his team loses to a boring Mario, style. Mario Lemieux. Yes, the fifth best player in NHL history. Someone's angry. Yeah, I call, I'm calling him out in my new video that I'm editing right now. Because, uh, like, stop being a baby, Mario. What do you have to complain about? Uh, congratulations, Alex. You now have 1.6 points. Yeah. Going to question number three, Alex. What number did Antti Niemi wear when, a Montreal, when he was a Montreal Canadian? I will list you three numbers. Thank God. I don't know. 30. Go. Okay. 37. 39. Okay. So Carey Price is 31. Good. I'm happy you do that. Is it 30? No, it was 37. 37. Oh, see, it was my second guess. It was my second guess. Alex, question number four. All right. Are you ready for this? What number... Did this player wear as a Montreal Canadian? And that player is Saku Koivu. Do I get three options? Yeah, fine. Okay. 15, 11, 13. 11. You are right. He did wear number 11. Same number as so, Brendan Gallagher. So 2.6 points. Yes, you have 2.6 points. But now, Alex, it is the mystery question. And now, I will ask you, Alex. Is it about order? Wait, wait. Is it about order 66? No. (laughs) Why? Did you research order 66? No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, Fifth question. Topic for the fifth question is Pokemon. Oh, God. You weren't expecting this, were you, Alex? No. Alex. Name me all three of the Kanto starters. I don't know what Kanto is, but I'm going to I'm going to try to see if I can get it. Okay. Uh Squirtle. Yes, that's one. Charmander. That is two, Alex. You've almost won the quiz. I don't remember the green one. Oh. He's, he's the best one. How Freaking dare you. I don't remember his name. I know exactly what he looks like, but the name is not coming to my head. Alex. Is it Bulbous? No, no, no. That's not it. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. What were you going to say? I was going to say Bulbasaur, but I don't think that's it. If you had said Bulbasaur, you would have won. I said it. I said it. You asked no, you didn't. You, you didn't tell me the answer. No, I you won. Five, the quiz. 7.6 points. Let's talk about how garbage the Oilers are. I'd love to. So, Alex, the Edmonton Oilers, you know, it's really funny when you bring them up. You know, first you look at them. They're 10th for goals for. 27 goals against. 7th for penalty kill. The best power play in the league, Alex. But let me tell you something about the Edmonton Oilers. I tried to just bring them up normally on Google, but for some reason it went straight to Yahoo Sports. God dang it, Google, for the love of God. Can I, just, oh. can I give you a stat before I, sure. I continue? Now, I sent, you this, I sent you this text last night. 
Oh, yes. I'm happy you brought this up. Because it seems like... Remember we had this discussion, I think it was last episode, how we were talking about uh, Alex Kerfoot and his and his comments about Vancouver. Ah. And how how the Vancouver Canuck fans are jealous of Toronto because of the attention, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It's true. It's, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm not going to sit here and tell you he was wrong. Mm-hmm. But I have a theory of why the Edmonton Oilers fans are jealous or upset or always cranky with the Leafs, even when we're not even close to playing them. Because from day one of the season, I think Oiler fans have been obsessed with Leafs Twitter. Mm-hmm. So right now, the Oilers are on a four-game losing streak. Ah. They have lost the last seven games against the Leafs. <laughs> last seven. Connor McDavid has beaten the Leafs one time. Now do you understand why they're salty? Mm-hmm. By the way, I believe that it was... This is a, uh, The stat's about a week old, but the Oilers haven't won a game where McDavid and Dreisaitl didn't have a point. I think it was like 18 straight games to give that, you a sense. That just proves everyone's point. Also, I... Everyone. I'm going to get you up some numbers here. Uh, I'm going to try and get up Miko Koskinen's numbers. Can we, before we talk games. Before we talk about Miko Koskinen, I have to bring this up. You watched headlines last night, right? Sorry, you cut out there. You watched headlines last night. I love headlines. I did watch it. Yes. The Edmonton Oilers are currently in talks. With Zach Cassian and his agent. Zach Cassian is an R- uh, sorry, not RFA. He's a UFA at the end of the year. What? I get it. I get it. But what do they pay him? I just I wanna know. Ah so I'm gonna quickly you know who I think is a perfect comparable? Tell me. Uh, Detroit player Justin Ablicator. Why is that? Uh, former well, Ken Holland gave, of course, uh, good old Ablicator that contract. I bet you know what? Um, I oh. think that I think that uh, good old Zach Cassian is a he's a big player. He plays big when he's on the ice. You know, um, no, uh, he can't. A real leader. That. He Ablicator has an A, leads the team, and Ablicator makes. Four point two five million dollars for the next four seasons, and I, has a and and has a no trade clause. Whoa, that's hilarious. I I don't think, I and I want to give Ken Holland this credit, but I don't think he can do that. Now, can I read you some goaltending numbers here? Get nuts. So at first, you if I told you Miko Koskin's eleven five and two of two point seven goals against average and nine fourteen save percentage, it has obviously dropped since the beginning of the season. But you know, not everyone is Darcy Kemper. <laughs> then I read you this: his last four starts, his save percentage was seven fifty versus the Ottawa Senators, who are not the Ottawa Senators. If you will, they're the Bell. They're the Bellville Senators. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah. No, I'm not making fun of them. They were garbage last year, but this year you have Duclair, Pajot. They're a fun team to watch, right? He had a 9-7-2 against the Kings, 
so that doesn't count. Against Carolina, an 8.13. Against Toronto, a 9.03. So his save percentage has been below 9.04 in four mm-hmm. of his last five games. Mike Smith on the season is 7.82, 3.08 goals against average, an 8.96 save percentage. His last four starts against the Canucks, 8.68 save percentage. Against Ottawa, 8 Four six against Buffalo eight six four against the Minnesota Wild a seven six nine. Alex, what did you tell me about the beginning of the year with Edmonton and their goaltending? Go ahead, go ahead. This is your time to shine, Alex. I said day one, the Edmonton Oilers did not have sufficient goaltending. No, okay. They they did. What goalies did they have last year? Uh, they had Miko Koskinen and Cam Talbot. What is he even doing now? Where is Cam Talbot? Sorry, go he's on. In, while he's I in Calgary. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Who have won like six of their last seven games and tied the Oilers in points? It doesn't even the goalie. That's where it starts. They don't have anyone else besides McDavid and Dreisaitl offensively. And I know you want to talk about James Neal, but I'm sorry. James Neal, after oh, whatever he had, how many... I've, oh, I've, I've, I've changed my mind. He has not been. I was looking at it the other day. I'll get up his game sheet, but he has... Lucic has been kicking his ass in production over the last few days. In the he last has, 15 games, last 15 games... Three goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, two in his last ten. Three assists in it. He's not been. Um, he's not been. He's not been good. You know what's scary? Mm, he's a minus Th- sixteen too. What? Three players are tied for twenty-two points on the Edmonton Oilers. James Neal, Oscar. Cl- no. Oscar Clefbaum and Zach Cassian. One of these things is not like the other. I can't stress enough how I- I'm worried. I'm worried for this team. Really? Not really, but <laughs> I have to say I have to say I'm worried. Hey, don't. Because you know what the thing is, though? You started this segment off saying, I want to make fun of the Oilers. Yeah, but you know why I say it? It's because you're telling me you wouldn't want to see Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in the playoffs? Oh, of course I did. How many times have you seen that? Once? Mm-hmm. Once. And it was a fluke. It was a fluke because Cam Talbot was good. I mean, you look at it. So this is the Oilers' leading point scorers. 35 games played, McDavid, 57, Dreisaitl, 56, 22, as you said, for Clefbaum, Neil, Cassian. Nugent Hopkins has not had a good year compared to last year, 18 and 29, 16 and 35 for Nurse, that's not bad, 11 and 30 for Chason, Ethan Bear, 10 and 35, Gagne, 8 points. I don't even know who this guy is, H-A-A-S, has? Oh, has, has. Jujar Kyra only has six points. Anthony Stewart seems to love that guy, though. Um, Nygaard only has five points. Remember, he was the savior of this team. Matt Benning, five points. Grandlin, four. Russell, four. Another Russell they seem to have. That's cool. Four. Riley Sheehan, two. Josh Osherbold, one. Brandon Manning, one. 
Larson, one. Jones, one point. Oh, my God. There is no depth scoring on this team. You, you know what? The th- and listen, I, I could sit here and trash the Oilers for like an hour. I'd love to. And But you know what? What? It's They have some players who could come up. Mm-hmm. And I think... And I know we we've had our issues with Ken Holland in the past, uh, with some of the contracts he's given in Detroit, and how he doesn't seem to care that Babcock's a terrible human being. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? He might have, but he I think he knows what he's he might know what he's doing. Um, if he were to even. If he were to acquire Taylor Hall, that would be the worst thing for this team. That would yeah, Evan, I, Evan Bouchard goes the other way. Like you look at the players they have in like not in the NHL. They have Kyler Yamamoto, Ryan McLeod, uh Cooper Merity, uh Broberg and Bouchard are probably the biggest names over there. Plus uh Olivier Rodrigue, who I'm pretty sure he's with Canada at the World Juniors, supposed to be a good goalie prospect. And you look at that and say, wow, that could be – those are players that you fill around uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. Plus, you also have Raphael Lavoie and one specific player who is currently playing in Finland right now. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good from what I hear. Jesse Pugliarvi. Who doesn't want to come back to your team. And and it must that could you are you telling me that the Edmonton Oilers couldn't use a player like Jesse Pugliarvi right now? Oh, I I think they would love to have Jesse Pugliarvi on their team right now. Man, it sucks. Uh, it sucks. For for hockey fans to not see Connor, it sucks. For the rest of us, I'm happy with laughing at it. Yeah, and and man, it's just, I I and and I'm getting serious. I'm getting serious here, Adam. I'm getting serious. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know if they if they can keep this up the entire year. Well, you've had that concern since the start of the year, have you not? I have, because I look at the te- the teams in their division right now. So let me let me pull that up while. NHL.com decides to load. Oh, right, you have that? the you have the Arizona Coyotes, who, who are amazing, who are on a roll. Uh, then you have Edmonton, Calgary, who since Jeff Ward has been uh, coach, I think they're like seven and one. Yeah. You have Vegas, who's turned it up. It seems like they've been turning it up lately. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks have two games in hand on the Oilers, and if they Hopefully, and the whole if they won both of those games, that would put them tied with with Edmonton. <laughs> and then you have the San Jose Sharks, who well, we can disagree on, but Eric Carlson, he, he's something's gonna have to happen that really outweighs the goaltending, or they have to bring someone in. They really do. I have this crazy idea here, and oh, and I don't yeah. think it works. I look at and I don't know if they if they want to go down this road, but the Arizona Coyotes have two goalies who who, 
and I'm changed my opinion on Darcy Kemper quite a bit. Yeah, but they have two goalies. They have two goalies who could potentially be starters. Obviously, Darcy Kemper, who they just signed to an extension, but they also have Anti Ranta. And I know it's going to be quite a mess for the <laughs> San Jose Sharks. But could they potentially go after someone like Anti Ranta because they need to fix this goal, this the goalies? Why would Arizona do that deal, though? I don't know. Oh, hello there. Rival in my know. division who has the best player in the world. Let me help you out. No way. Uh, okay, who I, and I get who else is out there for the San Jose Sharks? Charlie Lindgren. Charlie, yeah, I, did, we talked about that last time, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Keith I don't. because I think Keaton Primo stole his job. <laughs> and then you have Anaheim in Los Angeles, who I think are both completely out of the mix. Yeah, I, I bet John Gibson isn't going anywhere. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to say that. But there's all these teams in the Pacific Division who could be pushing for a playoff spot. And mm. let's even if you want to say San Jose's not, there are five teams alone in the Pacific looking for a playoff spot. And the Central has some teams. Uh, Winnipeg. Minnesota. I don't know how Minnesota's there, but Bruce Boudreaux's doing something. That's uh, awesome. Nashville. Who are weirdly not good. So there's some teams, even for just a wild card spot. Now, McDavid and Dreisaitl, the only way this team is pushing it into the playoffs is if McDavid and Dreisaitl have crazy years crazy and i know they're already go on a crazy on for a crazy year but they need to push it because if the goalies don't work out and and i don't think it makes sense to sell the farm for this team it i i don't i don't know i don't mm-hmm. know i don't uh, think the team is ready no well alex we've been going for about an hour here so I say we move on. Officially done the power hour, which was literally an hour. And oh no, because that was a segment. Sorry. Um, and I said we talk about the Habs and we talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, let's do so, it. All right. Well, who do you want to start with? Uh, I can go first. All right. Yeah. So, so your boys. So let's just address what's first happened. Uh, Rasmus Sandin has been loaned to the loaned to Sweden for the World Juniors, and. My guess is that probably means uh, the Barry injury isn't as serious as it looked. Uh, Barry left last night's game after blocking a shot. So that is a positive. I mean, that it, it could still be a bad injury, and Martin Marinson could probably still be called up. I, he could be on the team right now. Hey. I just have no – I just honestly have no idea if, if he's actually on the team. Um, now, since the last time we've talked, I think last episode, I really praised the Leafs for looking like a different team. Now, the only thing, and I really only have one bad thing to say, and I know you have something you want to talk about too, but this team 
it's weird because it's starting to look like the team from uh, 2016-17 it doesn't seem like they have a problem starting, but it seems like they have a problem finishing out games. And maybe it's a matter of them really pushing it uh, for the first 40 minutes and then they just kind of lose steam for the last 20. But I think this is something that kind of fixes itself out with Sheldon Keefe because I think they're playing a very different style under Keefe uh, than they were with Babcock. Not in terms of uh, necessarily X's and O's that much, but I think in terms of what they're allowed to do with the puck and how they feel what with the puck. And you see you see it from players. I think Mikhaev said it uh, last night, said it just feels like we're playing more with the puck. And I thought that was a uh, really standout quote from someone who is really brought in by Babcock. Good That's, for her. Yeah. You know who a player I've been very, very fascinated with over the past few weeks is? Tell me. It's young Austin Matthews. Tell me, so, tell me about it. So obviously, the guy really made a mess when he was basically the worst Leaf against the Flyers, you could say. And then he had that quote, "We need to better be better." Well, no, Austin, you needed to be better, right? Everyone was saying that. They talked. Sitzig Zero was talking about him and Nylander choose when they want to play or not. And I'm thinking, all right. Uh. Probably in a few years when Ovechkin is gone onto the sunset, Austin Matthews will most likely be this, still be the second best goal scorer in the league because Cole Caulfield will be on the scene, obviously. But, <laughs> but I see this generational goal scorer, and I see him being criticized for his two-way game, being called lazy and all that. And I just think, huh, really? Sounds like Alex Ovechkin to me. And there is a hilarious gift. And it's a timeout with, with, with Sheldon Keefe, and everyone's so attentive, except Austin Matthews. Actually? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it was, it was so it. seriously everyone, and I'm not exact, except Matthews, and Matthews is certain head. Like, I, I haven't even seen it. I'm scared he, to look at it. Is he, is he lazy? Does he give up? I don't know if it's – he. you know what the thing is? It's not even just his two-way game. You know You know what? That's not – It's that's not – what the problem is it's even on offense it seems like sometimes the uh, like he's there and sometimes he's not there and that's what i think's frustrating for a lot of leaf fans whether he scores or not every single night i don't have a major problem with but i'd like to see him get some good chances i'd like to see him be in the mix every and i think jeff o'neill said it uh last week on overdrive he should only have five to six games a year maximum of him kind of being invisible this year he's probably already had a dozen mm -hmm. and that's what stands out to me i'm not i can't sit here and tell you oh he needs to be a better two-way center because i don't know if that's what's in his game i don't want him to sacrifice scoring goals to be a better two-way player i don't think people are saying that i think it's more a thing of austin can you give a crap 
because it doesn't look like, or at least the perception is, is that he'll take these games and say, all right, I'm done. Not my night. Later. But that that's what I'm saying. And I think, I don't think, I think a lot of people, not, I think there's people who are saying he needs to improve his two-way game and he needs to care more. And there's people who are saying he just needs to care more because he's going to get more goals. If he cares more, I think he'll get more goals. Obviously, he's going to score 40 unless he gets injured. I think 40 goals is a minimum for Matthews. Mm -hmm. If he cares and pushes it every night, I think he could he could potentially for sure be a 50-goal guy. At the end of the day, I can't sit here and complain about his... It's hard for me to sit here and complain about his two-way game because I know it's probably his weakness. Mm -hmm. and do you does, have concern... Sorry, but do you have concern when... What was the big criticism of Patrick Laine? When you ain't scoring me goals, what else are you doing? But I think Matthews is more than just a goal scorer. I think in the offensive zone... He, he's a, he's an elite. I think he can be an elite offensive zone player. It's he can pass. He can make plays. From what I've seen, it's the thing is he's on and off. When last year when we were talking about Patrick Laine, it was very okay. If he can't score goals, he's not good to me. Whereas now you look at Patrick Laine this year. If he's not scoring goals, at least he can still do something in the offensive zone. That's what the problem is for me with Matthews is that he's very on and off. And yes, I can sit here. Obviously, I can sit here and criticize his two-way game, but I don't think it makes sense for me to sit here and criticize his two-way game because that's not the major problem right now. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to ask you this question, I think, every week now because in a place like Toronto, it changes every day. They go out and they, they they hand the Oilers their butts on a platter, right? Yeah. They beat the cha the cup champs in the persuasive man not long ago. What 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 is this team? What what is the expectation now? Because they have they're tied with the halves of the points, but the halves have a game in hand now. Tampa is still there. What is the expectation for this team, Alex? What is this team? Because I still don't know. Right now. I can't fully tell you what this team is. I can probably kind of explain to you what this team is. Um, they're very they they want to have the puck. They want to have the puck as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not just gonna dump it in for the sake of dumping it in. If they don't think they can enter zone, they'll turn around, try again. And that's not something we saw a lot of. Uh, with Babcock and another thing that this team looks different it looks differently with this team is that they're not afraid to do something with the puck and my interpret my interpretation of what I was seeing is that this team was afraid to do certain things or take certain risks because they were going to get killed on the bench or in the locker room I can't fully tell you what this team is, but I think it's going to be something good under Sheldon Keefe. And I, I and to go ahead and blame him. That's silly. It's very silly. Uh, I mean, 
it's a complete different argument on its own to say, oh, Dubis wasn't the right hire. And I think that's something I want to get into more with Daniel, just because mm-hmm. he's he's obvious he's a Leafs fan, and I and it's important to get different takes. He's actually been able to watch hockey lately. Yeah, um, but yeah, it it's. It's a weird team, but I still think the expectation is to make the playoffs, at okay. least for That's me. Good. For me, I think, I think, I personally think they can still get a division spot, divisional spot, especially if they're going to continue playing. Uh, more consistently, and I think that's another problem with them is they're still not consistent. I don't know whether if they're not just there yet with Sheldon Keefe. Uh, with how he wants them to play. Uh, but I think if they get to where he wants them to be, they could be a division team for sure. Uh, just really, really like two seconds. Uh, apparently Eric Stahl just got his 1,000th point. So uh, oh, awesome. congratulations to him. That's really awesome. Uh, a thousand more than me and you have. So let me just ask you a, like a quick little thing here. Um, you, you, we touched on it quickly earlier. Tyson Bear looks like the injury isn't as bad. Rasmus Sandin going to the World Juniors. So I have to ask you, when does Magic Hands Marty Marinson get a shot? What other shot does he need? Yeah, they've been given one. They've just been doing the paper oh, transaction up and down, up and down. Give some he's chances been... to Magic Hand Marty. You're telling yeah, me he's but... worse than CeCe? I might be telling you he's on par with CeCe. I Is could... There... Okay. Listen, I'll take no. I obviously I don't want Cody Cece on this team. Uh, I'd like this team to do something about that. And again, like we said last week or last episode, the answer is internal. Mm-hmm. The answer is Timothy Lilligan and Rasmus Sandy. And I've seen uh, people on Twitter who cover the Marlies who have said. He has probably been he is the most improved prospect in this organization. This who year. who Sandy Timothy Timothy Lilligren. Ah, who has we know we crap. yeah, and we listen, man. We've known that Rasmus like from day one of the season. I think we've all known Rasmus Sandin has is an NHL player, and he could probably be an NHL player. But does it make sense if he's going to play ten minutes a game? I have I don't to think ask so. you, who are you going? What country are you rooting for at the World Juniors this year? I don't know, man. I I have two. It, the thing is, I don't know if if obviously I want to say Canada, but I I like watching the uh, Leaf prospects play, mm-hmm. and and the big ones are uh, for us for me Sweden and the U.S. Mm-hmm. because of. Uh, Obviously, Rasmus Sandin. I don't. Can Tim, how old do you have to be World Juniors? Is it U twenty or U twenty one? I think it's U twenty. Uh, so Liljegren can't go. Uh, so it's right now it's Sandin and uh, for the U.S. Nick Robertson. I I get the same way. The Habs have had a lot of prospects go through there in the past few years. This year for Sweden, they also have Jacob Olavsson, the guy they actually picked with the the, the pick the least at them for. Um, Thomas Mechanics, as well as Matthias Norlander, who they picked with the pick in the Pacioretty deal. And, of course, uh, Cole Caulfield should make the States. I haven't seen anything about the state selection camp yet, but you'd be amazed. And Montreal, obviously, don't have anyone on Canada. 
So, and of course, A, I might identify as a Canadian. I might have grown up here, but by birth, I'm not a Canadian. So, uh, Cole Caulfield, let's go, buddy. He's going to go all the goals. He's going to get the gold gold medal winner. But let's be honest, if there's a gold medal U.S.-Canada, I'll probably end up rooting for Canada. This is how well, I'd like to. I'd really like to see uh, Nick Roberts in the defender. Yeah. Obviously, because you know that's what the Leafs really need—a defender. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not a top six score. <laughs> this is killing in the OHL. The beats. But anyway, to close the show, shall we talk about the Montreal Canadiens? Yes, sir. The most frustrating team in the league right now. They beat the Cup champs in back-to-back Saturdays not long ago. They've beaten the Leafs twice. They've beaten a lot of good teams, uh, including the Capitals. They shut down the Bruins in one game. Remember, they in one period they they um, condensed the Bergeron. Sorry, they kept the Bergeron line, not condensed. That would be silly, Billy. To two shot attempts, but this is from Eric Angles. I saw this tweet, and I see you put it in the notes as well. The Habs are now seven, eight, and two against non-playoff teams. This is the second time this year. I mentioned earlier that they have lost to the Detroit Red Wings. Montreal also lost to them in their home opener earlier this year. They've lost a game to Minnesota. Now, I'm going to make something really clear here. The Habs are a lot better than, you know, since they snapped their losing streak, right? They've lost, so they've won five of their last seven now, despite the loss last night. Caden Primo has looked very good. He has a 931 save percentage in his two starts. He kept Munchiba. It was the reason they won against the Ottawa Senators, by the way. Uh, Brady Kachuk uh, stopped trying to steal people's pucks. He prick. Uh, Price is looking great again. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot to go here, Alex. Is there anything specifically? Because I, I feel like you have a much better thing. Because, again, I because of me back to work for the for this little stretch in December, I haven't been able to watch a lot, but I know the system is that's been changing. I've known the call-ups. I know the more of the stats. So if you could – I hate to do this here, Alex, but if you could better help me get through this – it's a bit rough. Yeah, I, I wanted to go a bit more with the goalies just because it was the latest thing I saw. They sent down Primo and brought up Charlie Lindgren. Yes, they did. Now, what? Now, obviously, we know. Let me pull up their cap friendly for a second here. We know yeah. Charlie Charlie Lindgren is uh, waiver eligible. Is yeah. he? He's not. Yeah. It's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. My bad. Yeah. Cap friendly says he's not. Oh, because he cleared it. I think. No, never mind. I'm wrong. He has to go through waivers. I can't read cap friendly. Um, so he has to go through waivers. They send down Caden Primo, mm-hmm. and they don't bring back Keith Kincaid. So I, 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 I checked what's up with Keith Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't seem like, obviously, he's only played two games in the AHL, but his numbers weren't spectacular, right? He had an 870 save percentage and 3.7 goals against average. Yes. Which, which for a goalie who we've all thought is a is a backup goalie for sure, it just hasn't really worked out. Yeah. What's the deal with bringing Charlie Lindgren up, though? A, um, the problem is the Habs are now, they won't play at home for the rest of this year, as in 2019. Right. And they're now going on their Western Canadian road trip of zero back-to-back. So the thinking is, is again, 
and Primo played, I believe it was last night for the Laval Rocket, he's going to get more time to play, and Price will probably get all of those starts. Do I agree with that? No, I would have liked to see Primo get it, but I understand it. Now, why Charlie Lindgren was selected over Keith Kincaid puzzles me a bit. And um, just with Keith Kincaid, I said it earlier, um, King Primo, I think, has, has stolen his job. I really think he has. And especially, I think, if you want any further proof of that, you look at the fact that Lindgren got the call-up. And, hell, maybe even a part of it is they're going to try and showcase Lindgren for the possibility of a trade. But then it doesn't make any sense because that's me reaching because, again, as I just said, it doesn't look like if they were going to start anyone during that stretch, it was going to be primo because I think they'd rather get the points and showcase. And, again, the trade freeze is only four days away. So I don't know, Alex, what the plan is here. I don't understand it. But at the same time, I think it is the smarter move for Primo to play some time in the age. Yeah, that was something that when I looked at that transaction was really weird for me because unless, listen, unless they have, they want to trade Charlie Lindgren, which really hasn't been made. We haven't really known much about it. Uh, Nothing's kind of been told to us that they want to that they're trying to trade him it doesn't fully make sense because unless they think charlie lindgren's ready uh and keith kincaid just hasn't worked out with the team we know he he's played in the ahl uh when he was with columbus uh last year and Uh, and don't forget the when the devils made the playoffs it was because of keith kincaid and taylor hall right so I just never understood what what was the point of of him not being called back up because sure he he went through un- he went through waivers once unclaimed mm-hmm. and unless the Devils are going to try to pick him up I don't see any other team in the NHL really making a claim on Keith Kincaid I I started to give up on waivers because I don't think anyone more like I doubt Barchi is going to get claimed tomorrow either. It Alex, I said this before. I didn't think I didn't understand Keith Kincaid being call, um signed in the first place. I thought Lindgren was going to be the backup for show. And I mean, there's been more. Why did I say it like that? God damn it. Um, and you know what? To be honest, we heard more talks about Michael McNiven getting former AHL goalie of the year being traded. Before Lindgren, and but we've we've also talked about the fact that Lindgren should probably demand a trade because I think the chances of him playing in the NHL was gone. But then they call him up. It's fascinating, Alex. I don't understand it. And the Habs have had some really weird roster call-ups. Of course, Hudon's gone up and down. He's permanently back in the AHL. Paling's up and down. Lucas Vage Jamo has just been called up, which is awesome. No check happens. So I I don't know. It's it's weird. And I like you. I don't understand what this whole this Keith Kincaid saga. I really don't. But I think his time is done as a Montreal Canadian. So you think they've realized Charlie? Just to wrap this part up, do you think Charlie mm-hmm. Lindgren? They realize Charlie Lindgren is who they want to have back up Carey Price, or you think this is just waiting it out until they can bring Caden uh, Primo back? I think so. Yeah. I I. I still think Lindgren at this point was probably higher up in the pecking order than Keith Kincaid, but I don't think I'm not prepared to say for sure who the backup's going to be for the rest of the year because. Uh, now, uh, just by curiosity, how much does Keith Kincaid? Uh, not Keith. What's his name? Lindgren. 
Yeah, how much does he make? Seven fifty. It's, it's seven hundred around there. Yeah, he's cheap. If he has to go through waivers, there may be one particular team who is currently looking for an NHL backup goalie. Don't want to name names, but fits the price range pretty much. You want to know what's really, really funny to me, Alex? Tell me. Caden Primo has more points than all of the Leafs backups this year. Yep. Yep. Which is is really funny to me. Yeah, it's um, quite funny. I know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, are, now, you, are you trying to see that the Leafs are going to get them or Edmonton? Oh, no, the Leafs. Okay. I don't care about, you, don't care about Edmonton. <laughs> are you sure the Leafs can afford them? They have. That, they, yeah, but you get rid of Michael Hutchinson. How much does Michael Hutchinson make? You know he I mean? makes $700,000. Uh, the Leafs will figure it out. Uh, shenanigans. There's like three teams who I could honestly say we'll figure it out it's montreal toronto and the rangers it's really really weird that of the two we knew that the leaves would pull up the cap shenanigans but the fact that montreal has been doing it with their call-ups this year i was not expecting is it is it a matter of cap shenanigans or is it a matter they just want their players to play it's definitely cap shenanigans. Otherwise, I don't know why Charles Houdon was called up and sent back down three straight times and was never, was always with the team. It's something is sketchy is definitely going on there. Now, uh, I can't really say his name properly, but I'm definitely going to try here. Is, is it the guy I have on the Lucas, note? Lucas Vigdemo. Yes, you got it right. Lucas Vigdemo. Tell, tell me about him. I assume you know more about him than I do because you know Montreal. See, Lucas Vidge demo is kind of the same as Jake Evans. He'll probably, for his career, be a bottom six centerman, and he'll be a penalty killer. He's more talented defensively than he is offensively, obviously. Um, the, be- the best way to talk about Lucas Vidge demo was, I remember on ice surfing, they had Montreal, sorry, they had Laval Rocket assistant coach Alex Burrows on. And they asked him, who are the ha- who are the prospects that the Habs fans don't know much about and they should know? And Lucas Vigdemo was the first person he talked about, right? And I, I, also in the video that I'm about to put to my channel, all that I talk about how Lucas Vigdemo was probably more what everyone thought Philip Deneau was going to be when he was first acquired in the uh, Weiss Fleischman deal. At best, will probably be a third-line centerman who's great in his own zone, right? He's just, I would say, he's a reliable, he's, he's exactly like Jake Evans. He's a coach's, a, a coach's player. He's just, he's just one of those, probably those depth guys that a, a fan base will big up in their own way. And will think like, oh, I can trade him in a second for, for Alex Petrangelo. Oh, like Andrew Nielsen and yeah. Connor Brown. Exactly right. It's just it's another little player that's been developed through the system that I'm really excited to see. I don't know what they're going to do with him though, because unless they're saying, "All right, screw it, Suzuki's back on the wing," you give, and then you either put him or maybe they put they keep paling fourth line left wing, which they've started doing, and he actually looks pretty good, which is nice. And they put Vince Gemmel up there. I don't see the happening, or they finally they say the paling play center, and then they throw Vince Gemmel there. I don't know because Thompson is their best penalty killer, probably, or one of the best, so he's not going to lose his spot. Or maybe it's Jordan Wheel. I, I don't know. It's I, I, it was, I was happy to see it, 
At the same time, although Leiskinen got sent down, who was not good as a hab for that little stint, but he's young, so it's fine. It's it's a fascinating call up to me, and I don't know how it's going to go. They've they've made the injuries are not helping them. Fortunately, Mete and Kokinemi are coming with the team on the road trip, and Paul Byron is skating. So it's very it's a weirdly timed call up for me. I'll tell you yeah, that. Th- that's what my, my next question was. With Leskinen being sent down, are we looking at? Will it be more likely that um, Victor Mete is coming back soon? Mm-hmm. It was only two weeks out, right? So I would be surprised if he's not back by the end of the road trip. And that would be a huge addition for this team. Oh, for sure. Especially if Paul Byron comes back at the same time. What are the Habs? They're fast and young. Paul Byron, speed. Victor Mete, speed. Victor Mete, young. Yeah. Right. It's that simple. And uh, hopefully maybe he gets some power play time. I doubt it, but it would it would really do a lot for that team to have uh, Victor Mete back and Paul Byron. But of course, you're asking me about Mete, but it would massive for the team, especially going into that that road trip that um, there, are, there are a lot of skillful, fast teams out in the West. Now, my last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this episode, we obviously talked about uh, Zach Cassian. Uh, a Zach Cassian extension well, and, <laughs> and a Taylor Hall extension. There's a couple players on this team who happen to be RFAs at the end of this year in Max yeah. Domi and Victor Mete. And I know we've kind of talked about uh, what they'd be worth, but are there has there been any update on any type of contract talk or has that kind of been hidden away? So I have not seen a single thing, nothing about contract talks, right? Um, and if you want me to I'll tell you about like Sal, like structure, of course, Victor Mete, we talked about before, like 3.53 years, like nothing like that. There hasn't been any anything come out about contract talks. And especially Max Domi has still not turned it back on. He's been good, but he hasn't been Max Domi. He hasn't been the star he was that year. So, and I doubt at this point of the season, Domi's representative want to. And of course, Victor Mete is a Jared Ferris client. So I don't think we expect there to be any contract talks until no. the summer. Especially, no. like, let's be honest. Vic, like, okay, I got Taylor Hall about who needs a contract. Yeah. And Victor Mete. I'm going to focus on Taylor Hall, of course. Yeah. So I saw Maybe. this. I saw this Sorry. trade. This trade. Not it wasn't a rumor. It was I don't know who the hell came up with this, but it was absolutely ridiculous. So it was between the Leafs and Canadians, and I don't okay. know if you saw it. I don't know if you saw it too, but so the Leafs, sorry, the Canadians send Max Domi to the Leafs for William Nylander and Timothy Liljegren. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. Leaf fans hate William Nylander that much. That's how much they hate him. I will. I will definitely take William Nylander. Yes, please. Are you kidding? I don't. God, I don't understand. I don't understand. Thank you. I will do that every day. Thank you. He can wear. He he can wear eighty eight without a problem. I don't know, man. Like I, that's that's our fan base is your your team's winning again, and still there's just no love in Toronto. No, there's love in Toronto, just none for William Nylander, and I, I will never understand why. Never, never. 
Well, Alex, I'm I'm double checking um, the Twitter uh, from Sportsnet Stats. Uh, Canucks Bo Horvat has won an NHL high 414 faceoffs this season. Jeez. Do you know that? No, I didn't. And then I'm gonna read you something. Do you see? There's a what's trending on Twitter is Star Wars pickup lines. Girl, you feet must be tired because you've been e-walking through my mind all day long. R4 nope. is red, R2 is blue. If I was the force, I'd be with you. And ladies and gentlemen, I think on that note, we will end this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate the show, subscribe to it, leave a review. Check out its Instagram and YouTube channel links, which will be in the description below. Check out my YouTube channel, too. Why not check out me and Alex on social media? Alex, is that everything? Yes, sir. All right, we will see you later, listeners. Goodbye, and we love you.